Every team, every topic, everywhere, this is Believe. Welcome to episode number 22 of the Believe in Minnesota Football Podcast. I'm your host, Tony Liebert, and you can follow me on Twitter at Tony Liebert and Instagram at Tony, T-O-N-Y underscore L-I-E-B-E-R-T. For today's episode, um, I'll be talking about the Gophers' dominant 23-13 win over Wisconsin, taking home Paul Bunyan's axe for the first time since 2003. I'll be talking about uh, Joe Rossi's remarkable turnaround all season on the Gophers defense and kind of the cherry on top of a terrific campaign from the start of the year to now on that side of the ball. I'll talk about what could have been P.J. Fleck's best coaching performance of 2021 and how Tanner Morgan responded in the last football game he had in 2021. Um, I'll, I'll also talk about both Mo Ibrahim and Tanner Morgan opting to return to the Gophers for a sixth season, uh, what the impact of that is, and quarterback Jacob Clark and linebacker James Gordon the fourth already entering the transfer portal, and who else could be next? All right, some instant takeaways from the Gophers' 23-13 victory. Um, I think the biggest takeaway is the defense's continued ability to show up in huge moments and the overall job that defensive coordinator Joe Rossi has done with that side of the ball. Um, Wisconsin's uh, true freshman running back Braylon Allen has been absolutely tearing through defenses, looking like one of the best players at his position in the country, averaging 7.5 yards per carry. And the Gophers uh, held him to 17 carries for 47 yards and only 2.8 yards per carry. That is his season-low total since truly taking over as the number one guy, and it's his uh, low by a wide margin. He's been over 100 yards in every game that he started. In his career, and this was by far his worst game in a Wisconsin uniform. Um, as a whole, the Gophers held the Badgers to zero offensive touchdowns. It was really a dominant performance from start to finish. They held them to the uh, two field goals, which were uh, both those drives. There were so many penalties, and for how uh, easily they overcame so much adversity that they faced in this game with so many big penalties and huge situations. Massive third downs where Wisconsin would get bailed out. Like, it was almost a flawless performance, to be completely honest, on that side of the ball, uh, allowing six total points, and it could have been less than that. It was just... There, there's just not many... 
uh, issues to point out on that side of the ball from this game. Uh, specifically, Justin Wally probably had his best game as a gopher. Uh, freshman cornerback played terrific on the outside. Um, it, it was just a all-around game plan and just perfectly executed from start to finish. Um, I, I think Joe Rossi's well-deserving of being nominated as one of the top uh, assistant coaches in the country, which he was earlier this season. It He's just done uh, – it's been a terrific coaching job all season on that side of the ball. Great coaches put their players in positions to succeed, and that's what he's been doing all year. Um, my other in- takeaway from the game was – Probably was one of P.J. Fleck's best all-around coaching performances of the season. Uh, Like I said, defensively, it was just a terrific game plan on both sides of the ball. Uh, They clearly uh, had an idea of what they wanted to do against this Wisconsin team. They went out and they executed it. Not much more to it. It was just, uh, uh, just execution was the difference in the game. The Gophers executed and Wisconsin didn't. Um, I think it might have been one of the first times in his Gophers career that he significantly outcoached uh, either Paul Christ or Paul Christ or Kirk Ferentz. Uh, he like kind of handed it to Paul Christ in this game. Uh, Christ looked confused all day, and he was making some weird decisions. And PJ wasn't. It was. It was. Great execution from the first whistle. There were very, very, very few mistakes. And when the Gophers play this style of football, you can't have that many mistakes, and they didn't. And it showed in the final score. Um, lastly, I the biggest takeaway, I think, was Tanner Morgan playing one of his better games of 2021. Um, outside of the early pick six, I think it was his most mistake-free game of the season. Um it, it was a complete game. He was 11-16 for 199 yards, one score in that early uh, INT. Uh, he had some beautiful deep balls. He was just making the right decision every time. And he looked comfortable against arguably one of the better defenses in the NCAA. Uh, he kind of just shoved it right in the uh, haters' face, everyone that's doubting him. Uh, I don't think many quarterbacks can... Uh, Love or hate Tanner Morgan, uh, there have not been many quarterbacks that even have found that much success against this Wisconsin defense over the last few months. And 199 yards against that type of defense, honestly, is pretty good. Um, So for as much as uh, Gophers fans like to point out his mistakes and point out when he's struggling, which he deserves to. He's been struggling a lot this season. He deserves credit for how well he played. He played very, very good. And 199 yards and 69% completion percentage against that Wisconsin defense is a very good game, plain and simple. So more specifically on the offensive side of the ball, like I said, Tanner Morgan's performance helped the passing attack have one of their better days uh, and better games this season. Um, 11 of 16, 199 in a score and that early pick for Morgan. He had he completed the ball to six different uh, Gophers receivers. Um, Chris Ottman Bell 
had two catches for 37 yards and a touchdown. Um, he put that, He's now put together uh, back-to-back really good football games. Uh, really three in a row. He played well against Iowa. He's kind of finding a stride right at the end of the season after kind of being banged up all year to start. Uh, in the pass protection, Morgan was sacked three times. Um it kind of shocked me looking back at it. It, it. it really did not let the pressure get to him in this game like it has in the past. Um, it was just solid protection all day. Uh, Morgan was getting the ball out of his hands fairly quick, and it was just something that the Gophers really haven't been able to do all season. They were just having an efficient passing attack. Uh, as for the other uh Pass catchers, Brevin Spanford, uh, a lot like Otman Bell, now has put together a few good games in a row. He had three catches for 62 yards. Um, and, like, I'm not 100% sure. I think that might be his most receiving yards in a Gophers uniform. And I think last week w- was, and I think he broke that now. So he continues to play really well. and when he, It's always good when he gets involved in the passing game. Uh, Dalen Wright had two catch, or uh, he had that one big twenty-seven yard catch. If you listen to this podcast, I'm a, a big Dalen Wright fan, and I think uh, anytime he's really been targeted this year, good things happen. And anytime you can get him the ball, uh, he's able to make plays. So it's good to see him involved, and I'm uh, looking forward to see how much more involved he is going forward into the bowl game and into next season. Um, Bucky Irving got involved in the passing game. Always great to see the running backs involved. Two catches for 39 yards. Uh, Daniel Jackson had two catches for 26. And Mike Brown-Stevens had one for eight. Uh, like I said earlier, the, the passing attack made the Wisconsin defense look normal. Heading into the game, I thought that was an area that they could attack not that Wisconsin's uh, secondary is necessarily a weakness. I just thought that the Gophers' skill position players on the outside had an advantage over them. And I think they showed it uh, Saturday afternoon. Um, as for the rushing attack, uh, they they didn't have their best game of the season, but it was against the best rushing defense in college football. Um, as a whole, they had 37 carries for 75 yards and a touchdown. Uh, only two yards per carry. I bet that's a season low. Um, but it, you can't really complain against, like, uh, 75. I wasn't able to fact check this, but I believe that's the lowest that uh, was, or most that Wisconsin's allowed really in their win streak over the past few months. And going into the game, I think. Anyone with a right mind would have loved 75 yards on the ground because this Wisconsin team doesn't consistently let up that many yards on the ground. Um, as for specifically, Kai Thomas had 18 carries for 55 yards and a touchdown. He had the long run on the day at 12 yards. Uh, Bucky Irving had 12 for 39. Um, together, I thought they both played very well. Uh, we can. Uh, I'll obviously talk about it a little bit later, but... Uh, it'll be interesting to see next season how they mix in with uh, the return of Mo Ibrahim. 
Uh, but overall, there's just not much to complain in that department. It was a dominant day from the offensive line, I think, against one of the better front sevens in the country. So overall, I honestly, uh, just like as much as people love to point out when uh, Morgan Tanner Morgan fails, you got to do the same for Mike Sanford Jr. Um, he's failed, and he's failed a lot this season, and I think he would admit that. There have been a lot of games where his play calling has been suspect. It has uh, been confusing, easily predictable. Um, but I, personally, I think this was his best uh, offensive game plan of the season. I don't know how much he had to do with that, obviously. But as for the offense as a whole, um, like I don't want to sound like a broken record. They made Wisconsin's defense look normal. Uh, Wisconsin's defense over the past two months has been the best in the country, and they made him look normal. Um, he, uh, I think the turning point of the game, in my eyes, was uh, the big goal line uh, run where they had Brevin Spanford as the only down lineman to the left of the center, and then the entire line was to the right. Uh, I think that really made a statement to Wisconsin that, like, they're here to play like bully football, uh, ready to run it down their throat. The first and goal scoring on the first run against this type of front seven, that's a statement right there. And the Gophers really haven't been able to make those statements offensively all season. And I think that at that moment I kind of knew like the Gophers were, were like here, here for a win. They were here to win the game instead of not lose it. And – Overall, I, I, there was nothing that jumped off the page from this offense. They didn't have 200 yards passing or rushing, but the time of possession, it, it was just an over, overall solid game. There was just not many mistakes made offensively, which resulted in winning on the scoreboard. Um, but as for the defense's performance... It was another great day on that side of the ball as well. Uh, uh, they technically didn't have any sacks on the defensive line, but again, it was against one of the better offensive lines in the country. So, and Wisconsin doesn't like to hold on to the ball too much in the pocket. So, uh, some sacks are always a up and down number, but they were getting pressure on them all day. Um, it, it was just a. Great response from the unit overall after losing both MJ Anderson and Rashad Chenny Jr. to the transfer portal. Um, they kind of lost some of their depth, and it really didn't bother them at all. Uh, Thomas Rush, Asezi Otomiwo, Trill Carter, Niles Pinkney, Michael, Micah Dutreadway all showed up. They all played at a high level once again. Um, so Wisconsin fans and... Uh, Wisconsin in general were saying that Braylon Allen was hurt. Um, kind of a bogus Wisconsin, uh, bogus Wisconsin excuse that their star running back was hurt in his worst game of the year. Um, but the Gophers shut him down. Uh, Two point seven yards a carry, uh, less than fifty yards rushing. Uh, he looked just like an average running back, and I think that has to do with the performance from the front seven and especially the defensive line. As for the rest of the front seven and the linebacking group, 
Uh, Jack Gibbons and Mariano Sorimarin uh, continue to be the heart and soul of this team, if not the defense. Um, outside of Justin Wally, I think Jack Gibbons was the best uh, player on the field defensively for the Gophers. He had 10 total tackles, one huge tackle for loss that he had. Um, Sorry, Marin had seven total, and he had a half a tackle for loss. And I also want to shout out uh, Braylon Oliver, who he doesn't play uh, as much as Gibbons or Sorry, Marin, obviously, but he comes in in special situations, and uh, he he made uh, some plays against Wisconsin too. He had three total tackles. Um, he, he's played very well. Um, when he's on the field, and I'm interested to see him in uh, a full role next season when Sori Marin and Gibbons uh, move on from the team. Um, but as for the secondary, like I said, it was Justin Wally's best game as a gopher. Uh, he had five total tackles at the cornerback position, which, which was great. He had an interception. Uh, gee, he's just a playmaker. He he's, gets in the right spots, and he makes plays. Um, he, he's, I'm just very excited to see how good he's going to be, um, going forward in his Gophers career. Um, but as for the other corners, Coney Durr, Justice Harris, Philip Howard all played, uh, good football. And it's not like, uh, Graham Mertz is anything special, but he's been playing good football. Uh, over the past few months, over Wisconsin's recent winning streak. And the Gophers made him look like the old Graham Mertz. He completed 55% of his passes, only 171 yards and a touchdown. Uh, He did not look comfortable at all. And I think that has to do with the defense as a whole, and specifically the secondary. They didn't let Wisconsin's receivers get open. Um. Specifically, their tight end, Jake Ferguson, who only had four catches for 27 yards, one of his lowest totals of the season. Um, That has to do a lot with the linebackers uh, and coverage more than the secondary. But overall, the pass coverage against Wisconsin was great. And they clearly went in game plan wanting to shut down Jake Ferguson, who's clearly been Wisconsin and Graham Mertz's number one target all year. And they did that. And I think that was ended up being huge at the end of the game. Um, but uh, in the back end, Tyler Newbin and Jordan Howden uh, have been consistent all year, and they were again. Uh, not many uh, big plays from the Wisconsin offense. Uh, they're, they had probably five to six uh, long passes, but they only had uh, Braylon Alvers' longest run was 14 yards. Um, The longest passing play was 17. Uh, But I think that's why this defense was able to hold Wisconsin to no offensive touchdowns is because it wasn't much more than that. Uh, There were no 30-yard plays, no long runs, and – Against a team like Wisconsin, who kind of just lulls you to sleep, hoping to get the one big play, when they don't get the big play, their offense struggles. And I think that uh, is thanks to another great performance from Joe Rossi and this defense. It, it was just it, it it's just insane how 
how many questions this defense had coming into the year after a really disappointing 2020, and they've just looked like one of the better defenses in the Big Ten, if not the country, and they came up big when it mattered most against their rival. Uh, some other notes uh, on the special team side of the ball, uh, Brock Anikstead muff punt, uh, kind of the fair catch king all year. He's been fair catching most of the balls. Uh, and he muffed a punt, and that was one of the few mistakes that Gophers had between that and uh, the Tanner Morgan interception. If you take those two away, uh, this game could have been a lot more of a dominant victory. Uh, straight offense on defense, the Gophers dominated Wisconsin, plain and simple. Uh, they just had those two huge mistakes that set up Wisconsin. Um, but like I said earlier, time of possession, it the Gophers want to control the time of possession, and they did. It, it was just a dominant, dominant game from start to finish. And P.J. Fleck deserves a ton of credit for keeping this team motivated after being eliminated from the Big Ten West on Friday. And they didn't even bat an eye. They didn't look sluggish at all. It was. I'm assuming everyone on this team can get up for uh for the axe and they can get up for Wisconsin, but uh you think you'd be a little upset after losing out on the Big Ten West. Uh which is in hindsight it's just very frustrating for how much uh Nebraska blew that game. But uh it, it was just a great football game to watch. There it was just mistake free football, which is the best football to watch. Uh, all right, so what is next for this team? Um, an 8-4 and four season coming into the year, it, it should be a disappointment. You have to look back, take a step away. 8-4, and four, it should be a disappointment. Um, this team easily could have one loss right now. They uh, outplayed Iowa, and they lost to two very inferior opponents uh, with Illinois and Bowling Green. Um Obviously, hindsight at this point, it's a lot easy to, easier to say, oh, they could have won that those games easily, but they could have. And for how much experience this team had and how close they were in those games, 8-4 and four should be a disappointment. This team is better than Iowa. Uh, Iowa lucked into a lot of wins this year, and the Gophers didn't. Uh, most of their wins, they obviously probably a little biased, but... It seemed like they deserved. They outplayed the teams that they faced in most of their wins. Like, uh, just going through, they outplayed Purdue. They outplayed Maryland. They outplayed Nebraska. They outplayed all these teams that they faced. And, like, Iowa, they didn't outplay the Gophers. Um, they didn't outplay Nebraska. And there's two wins that they got uh, just because they their turnover luck. I talked about it before they played, but... Uh, this isn't an Iowa podcast. We'll stop talking about them. But 8-4 uh, and four season, um, it should be a disappointment, like I said. But this win over Wisconsin is massive for the program, massive momentum. And after a win like this, you shouldn't really even look at the record. Just this playing football game is just huge for the program. There's so little room for error when you play this style of football. And the Iowa, Illinois, and Bowling Green games were errors uh, that cost the Gophers. It wasn't uh, overall play. It was those small turnover plays or small 
fourth down decisions that cost them the uh, game at the end of the day. In my lifetime, uh, the Gophers have won. I'm 20 years old, but the Gophers have won, beaten Wisconsin four times since 1996, and uh, two of them have came in the last four seasons. And my expectations for Minnesota football is, uh, to put it simple, is the dumpster. I've experienced terrible years. A 6-6 six and six bowl game in Detroit is a good season, in my eyes, because I haven't experienced the, the Big Ten uh, championships or the, the uh, competition and being uh, relevant. This is the most relevant Minnesota football has ever been in my lifetime, and I'm happy with it. I, an eight and four season's good in my eyes. This team is better than an eight and four season, and you should be disappointed because it could be better. But I, you have, I think you have to step back and realize where this program was and where they are now. They're nationally relevant. They have momentum going into next year, and this is a winning program. They're, they took a step in the right direction, and this game was just another um, step in that direction. So as for Looking ahead, uh, a possible bowl games that the Gophers could play in. A lot of websites had them expected to play in the guaranteed rate bowl uh, before Saturday's game against Wisconsin, which uh, I can guarantee they'll be in a better bowl than that. Um, an 8-4 and four Minnesota team is highly marketable for these bowls, I guess. they uh, Outside of the top bowls, these uh, companies and Bowl games are kind of just looking for teams that would draw the most ratings, really. And uh, eight and four football team in Minnesota, big city, big fan base, uh, marketable coach. I I think they're going to be in a better bowl than that. Um, I think the two most likely are um, the Las Vegas Bowl, which is obviously played in Las Vegas, and. Uh, that is earlier in the season. I don't remember exactly which date. And then the Music City Bowl, which is played in Tennessee. Um, that one's against the SEC. That's I uh, late December. That's the bowl game I'm hoping for. They could have a, a game against like a Arkansas, which could be a great litmus test heading into next year. And so that that's what I'm hoping for, but I, I would say the Las Vegas Bowl or the Music City Bowl is probably the two most likely um, off the top of my head. But those are solid bowl games, and the uh, it'd be good to see the Gophers play in those games. Um, so as for Tanner Morgan and Muhammad Ibrahim uh, opting to return for their final and sixth season in for Gophers football. Um, it's, it's a very interesting situation because they were granted the extra year due to COVID. And it's a situation that not many teams have ever had to face in the past. Um, but I'll start with Mo. Um, it's interesting because the Gophers have found his replacement since he went down. Uh, Irving and Thomas clearly have been quite effective over the past two, three months of the season. And... Uh, Trey Potts before he went down was the same. Um, I think the biggest question is whether or not he'll be the bell cow back necessarily in 2022. How, how many, how high of a percentage of carries will he be getting? 
I personally don't know, um, but I could see. I well, what I'm getting to is if they use all three running backs, this could be massive news for the Gophers, and it could really. If they use all three running backs and kind of have the three-headed monster, it could take this t- Russian attack to the next level. Those are three high-level running backs, two uh, freshmen that are, would be more developed next season on top of Mo, and uh, it, it would just be a deadly trio. Uh, but personally, I don't think that's going to happen. I think Moe's going to get 75 to 80% of the carries, if not more, and... I just don't know if that's going to hurt the dynamics in the running back room and a guy coming off an Achilles injury. It just So there's a lot of questions to be answered. If they use him correctly, I think this could be a massive uh, gain for the team. Um, but if they overuse him again, I think it could be a little distru- disruptive uh, to this running back, te- running back room. Um, but... Overall, it's great news. It's one of the best running backs in the country saying that he's going to return for an extra season. Um, as for Tanner Morgan, the oh-so-polarizing Tanner Morgan, um, whether you love or hate him, he's the all-time wins leader in the program. He's one of the best quarterbacks in the program history. Uh, like I said earlier, we beat Wisconsin um four times in the last 20 years, now the last 25. And Tanner Morgan has done it twice in his four years with the program. All that being said, I think you do have to admit that he limits the ceiling of this team. Um, If you pointed out one weakness of this team all season, it was the passing game. There's no room, like, what is the room for improvement in 2022 to improve the passing game? Um, that is a question that needs to be answered. Uh, Morgan is a great leader, and I don't think that can be measured. Um, but how do you improve the passing game? Uh, how do you upgrade it heading into next season? I, if Tanner Morgan's their quarterback, they're going to have to get creative, I guess. Um, cause his receivers aren't getting better. If Ottman Bell goes, uh, to the... If he graduates and decides to go to the next level, um, the receivers aren't getting better. Dalen Wright will be the number one option. Daniel Jackson, maybe. Um, And Mike Brown-Stevens and Brady Boyd. That's not a better group than they have now. So uh, having the same quarterback who struggled with a better group, uh, I, I don't know how they're going to improve in that area. Um, it's a very interesting thing because, like I said earlier, this team, the Gophers program hasn't had this level of success consistently in so long. And I think some of that has came from having uh, consistency at the quarterback position. It's not like Tanner has lit the world on fire, but he's been consistent. And you know what you're going to get out of him every week. Um, so, personally... I think it's odd. Uh, you would hope that Tanner would have kind of had a sense of awareness that the writing was kind of on the wall at the end of the year, that uh, he was struggling, and the passing unit kind of needed a change. But 
now you have to step back and realize they're not going to change. And I, I just don't. I'm. I don't know where they're going to improve. Um, heading into next year, I, that's the biggest question. I I don't know how they improve. And his, like like I said earlier too, uh, his leadership is something you can't measure. Uh, he's kind of became the face of this program next to PJ Fleck, and his just presence, I think, really does a lot for the culture of this team. Um, and having a new quarterback next year, I don't know what that would have done. And you, you can always say, "Oh, a quarterback change would have been uh, this. It would have been that." If if they haven't made a quarterback change yet, uh, there could be a reason behind that. Maybe the other quarterbacks aren't doing well in practice. Personally, I think the quarterbacks are talented enough to perform at a high, at a level just as good as Morgan, if not better. But you never know. Um, it's just a very interesting situation uh, that most teams, college football teams, really haven't had to experience putting a 25-year-old behind center. It'll be interesting next year. Uh, uh, third-year quarterback Jacob Clark has already entered the transfer portal since Morgan announced that he plans to return. Um, he only appeared in one game uh, as a freshman for the Gophers. Uh, he's a Texas native, uh, was a three-star recruit. Uh, he has serious potential. Um, he's 6'5", cannon for an arm, very athletic. It, it would have been interesting to see him in this system. Um, he could be a guy that finds success somewhere else. Um, but at the end of the day, it seemed like he w- would have been the fourth guy in the depth chart. So it really wouldn't have made uh, major sense for him to come back. And I, I don't blame him for leaving at all. Um, I, I don't think it'll really play a huge impact on the Gophers. Um, I think if they moved to a different guy this year, he would not have been their first option. But you never know what happens in uh, the off season. So he would have certainly had a chance if Morgan didn't return to compete with uh, Zach Anikstead and Cole Kramer for that starting spot. But um, like I said, I, I don't think it plays a huge impact. And I, I hope he finds success somewhere else. Um, as for linebacker James Gordon the fourth. Also entering the transfer portal, he's a third-year linebacker, played sporadically last season at the position, um, but he played mostly at special teams in 2021 this year. Um, li- but linebackers become a position that had a lot of question marks heading into the year and last season, but it's become a position that uh, has really pr- grown into a lot of depth uh, with, like I said earlier, Braylon Oliver, redshirt sophomore this year, should be stepping into a big role next season. And I think he has every chance to be very productive. Um, Donald Willis, also redshirt sophomore, should have every chance to jump in next year. And Cody Lindenberg, who played a lot uh, in 2020 as a true freshman, he should be able to uh, play a big role on this team next year as well. And uh, even redshirt junior uh, Josh... I always pronounce his last name wrong, but Josh Ayun, Ayuni. Uh, but like I said, uh, with Jacob Clark, uh, I think James Gordon saw the writing on the wall and he was going to have to compete a lot for playing time. And um, he's the linebacker position. I'd, 
will miss him because he is a good football player, redshirt sophomore. Uh, but they have guys to replace him. And Joe Rossi doesn't like to rotate at that position often. I don't have the snap counts in front of me, but I would imagine Jack Gibbons and Sori Martin are close to 100% every game. Um, so if they are healthy at that position all year um, in 2022, I, I don't think they should have any problem replacing him. Um, and I don't think it really should be a huge impact. Um, but, like, there will be more guys to transfer. Um, th- this is college sports now. Um, whether you like it or not, there will be just more guys who decide to enter the transfer portal. Personally, um, I'm a fan of it. They should have the right to do that. Um, but P.J. Fleck has shown into this year he was creative with his roster construction, adding Jack Gibbons, Niles Pinkney, uh, guys from the transfer portal. He'll have to do that again. Uh, just as guys leave for the transfer portal, you have to add them from the transfer portal. And I think Fleck's created a, uh, creative enough to do that. And he will have to heading into next year. Um, but... Like I said earlier, I, I, I'm 20 years old. Uh, this is the most exciting time it has been to be a fan of Gophers football. Um, whether it, it could have been a better uh, season or not, um, this has become a winning football program. Um, and it is heading in the right direction. This win against Wisconsin was a massive step in that direction. First win at home since 2003. Uh and it, it's just a great time to be a fan of Gophers football. Um, heading into the off season now and into the bowl game, um, I'll move to only one episode a week. Uh, but uh, I will be doing more uh, roster breakdowns into the future, talking about position groups, um, more recruiting updates as we head into the off season more and. I'll also try to do some more player interviews as much as I can and hope to uh, keep this podcast interesting about Gophers football heading into the offseason. Um, as always, I appreciate you listening and row the boat, Sky Yuma, and go Gophers. <laughs>